Welcome to Live Well Anyway. I'm your host, Mackenzie Kappa. On this podcast, we journey together in learning how to feel healthy, look good, and plan lives we actually like in the midst of all the everyday chaos. I'm so glad you're here. And today, I am so excited to bring you Bonnie Wan. She just released her brand new book yesterday called The Life Brief, and I'm sort of obsessed with this book. You guys, I always love a book that will take me through an entire plan on how to get somewhere, that it's going to take me step by step through the process so I don't have to be confused about what I'm trying to do or come up with the answers myself. No, she takes you every step through figuring out what you really want in your life, what you really want to do, how you want your relationships to go, how you want your work to look, all the different parts of life that we encounter. She helps you to drill down on from the perspective of an advertising exec. That is what she does for her profession, and she is so amazing at really helping you get there. I can't really say enough good things about this book. It was such a joy to get to talk with her. She is so interesting. I could have talked with her for much longer than we had time available, but I think that you guys are going to love this interview, but also you're going to want to get this book. It is just so good. So remember, we're going to have the links to everything we talk about today in the show notes. You can really easily find that link. And hey, just a little reminder, when you shop through any of the links, or sponsors that we talk about on the podcast, you just help support the show a little bit. It doesn't cost you any more money, but it helps to give a little kickback here so that we can keep the lights on and keep things moving. So thank you to those of you who take the time to go through our show notes or go through any of our links. Of course, you can always do all of your shopping on Amazon by going to mckenziecoppacom slash Amazon. It's that simple. It will take you to some of our favorites lists, but you can buy whatever it is you want and we will get a little bit of credit for it. So thank you to those of you who take the time to do that. Also, if you want to be on the inside, the sort of inner sanctum community of Live Well Anyway, then you're going to want to join our Patreon, which is found at patreon.com slash livewelltogether, where that's exactly what we do. We live well together. We have different challenges that help us to be showing up in our lives and doing little things throughout our days and weeks that are going to make a big difference over time. And we also have live videos where I come on three times a week and we just chat about all kinds of different topics, whether it's the latest wellness find that I have been using or how I'm running my planner this year or all kinds of other topics. We get to do them live and have feedback from you guys in the moment, which is so much fun. It's one of my very favorite things that I do. And I would love, love, love for you to come over and join that community. So again, you can find us at patreon.com slash live well together. But without further ado, I really want to dive into this interview with Bonnie Wan because it is just so good and her book is amazing. All right, here we go. Welcome, Bonnie. Thank you, Mackenzie. I'm so excited to be here on Pub Day, even. Yes, I know. And this episode is actually coming out tomorrow. So it'll be right after you've published this book that I am like, I'm obsessed with. I'm so excited that I found this book right at the beginning of the year because I feel like it is going to change the course of my year. And I think it's going to do that for so many people because. I mean, we're going to get into it, but you know, you you read a lot of self-help bu- help books. I've done a lot of different books. I've had a lot of different authors on the show, but so many of the times they will be like, these are some abstract ideas that would be great for your life. 
but that's not what you've done here. Like you do such a good job of taking you every step through the process. I'd be reading the beginning of one of your chapters and be like, okay, that sounds great. Like figure out what you really want in life, but how do I do that? And then by the end of the chapter, I was like, oh no, she told me. She told me exactly the questions I need to ask and the steps I need to take to like slowly break it down and get there. And as someone who loves a process, I just so appreciate that. So thank you for starters. But I thank you for spotlighting that because yes, so much of what I do as a strategist is drive action, change behavior. Of course, there's change and reframe perception, but it, it doesn't mean anything if it can't land in actual new behaviors. Absolutely. Yeah, like it's all great to have an idea, but if you can't put feet to that because you don't know what process to take, then it doesn't do anything for you. But I've gotten way ahead of myself here. I haven't even had you introduce yourself. So would you let my audience know who you are? Yes. So my name is Bonnie Wan. I am a 30 plus year career brand strategist. I work at the storied advertising agency, Good B Silverstein and Partners. Uh, which is based in San Francisco and New York. I've had the privilege and pleasure of being steeped in the world of creativity, the world of clarity, and where those two things intersect. And as a strategist, that's what I do. And I've done for three decades now, help companies get really clear about their essence, what makes them distinct and unique in the world, and then how do they innovate and create from that place of distinction. And since 2010, I have been doing this for people, taking the same approach, the same practice, the same tools, and helping people get really, really clear about what is at the essence of what they want in the most important relationships in their lives. And when I say relationship, I mean every relationship, including the relationship to yourself. So there's the traditional relationship of someone else, whether that be a spouse, a partner, a girlfriend, boyfriend, parent, child, dog, your relationship with your work, whether that's your vocation, your side hustle, your joy, your relationship with a community or a cause that really moves you and grips you and you want to be in, you're moved by. And then, of course, the one we tend to neglect, especially as women, our relationship with ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And I love how you talk about all of those in terms of relationships because That's just, I mean, right off the bat, all of your book, I think, talks about reframing a lot of things, but right off the bat, like starting with that reframing of your relationship with your work, it's not just what you do, it's you have a relationship with it. But before we even get into all that in your amazing book, I would love to back way up and say, okay, in this, I think part of this is sparked for me because I've been having a lot of conversations with my kids lately about what they want to do with their lives. And I have a 17-year-old, you know, he has got one more year of high school before he's off to film school and all these things that he wants to do with his life. And then my middle school daughter, we've been having this conversation and she's like, I mean, I guess I'll be a teacher. And I was like, hold on, you don't have to just be a teacher. There are so many jobs out there you've never even heard of. And so for you, 
how did you become a brand strategist? Like, how did you even figure out that was a thing and that'd be something that you were good at? Because obviously it was before you came up with the life brief idea. <laughs> so you had to have honed that in at some point and figured out like, I would be good at that. And that's something I want to do. Where did that come from for you? Well, backing up, I think there were, it's an intersection of two fascinations of mine growing up as a child. So one, I immigrated from Taiwan uh, when I was six years old and I didn't know English as a language. I felt different. Um, I was different in, in that there weren't many Asians or brown people where mm -hmm. I was growing up, where we immigrated to. And so I felt like an outsider for a good part of my childhood. Mm -hmm. And that inspired or just organically helped me study people from the sidelines on the yeah. schoolyard. You know, how do social dynamics work? So when you're on the outside, you get to observe. And yeah. so that started really early on. And then I got caught in the beauty of books and biographies. So my first book report ever at second grade was on Amelia Earhart. And I couldn't understand why someone would dare to do something that might mean death. Yeah. And then later I studied Martin Luther King Jr. and Helen Keller. And it just lodged in me a fascination of what motivates and drive drives people to do daring things or courageous things in the face of the biggest odds. Yeah. Secondly, all of my slivers of time in between school and I don't know, whatever I did at home was spent drawing, writing poetry, something creative. I, it was just something I was always naturally drawn to. And when it came to college, my parents being immigrants, having worked really hard to bring us to the United States, they said, we're not going to pay for art school because artists are poor people. <laughs> we will only pay for you to go to business school, law school, or medical school. And I really wanted to go to art school. In fact, I was fixated on it, but I acquiesced because I, I didn't know how I was going to pay for it my, sure. myself. And once I started in university, I realized, oh my gosh, there's this thing called advertising. And it's all about creativity, but it's legitimate business. Yeah. So that became my first attraction. And then once I stepped into that arena, I realized, oh, there's a whole job about studying people within yeah. this creative space. And that just felt logically amazing. It was an unlock for me. And I could get paid to study people, get all nerdy in terms of what moves and motivates them and how to change them through messaging and creativity and then be surrounded on, you know, in these sandboxes with creative misfits. That felt perfect. Ladies, one of today's sponsors is Caraway. You guys know that I have used and loved my cream-colored Caraway pans for a few years now, and I love them no less than the first day that I got them because not only are they beautiful, but they're non-toxic and they work so 
well. They're completely non-stick with their ceramic coating, so I don't have to worry about the food sticking all to my pans and everything, and I don't have to worry about them poisoning my family, which is a definite benefit to using these beautiful pans. Lately, I have been in our, you know, like soup season because one, it's very economical, and I can use it for a lot of days of leftovers, which is my favorite thing. So I love using my Caraway Dutch oven to make my soups in. I do it right there on my stove. They cook so beautifully and evenly in these pans. And then I honestly just go ahead and store the soup in my Dutch oven, right in the fridge. I just put it right in there and then I can warm it up really easily again the next day because it's already in my beautiful Dutch oven and I didn't have to, you know, rewash anything. But then when I do need to wash it, it just cleans up so nicely, so easily. I never have to like scrub and go crazy on these pans. Nope. Everything just rinses off beautifully and they end up looking just as good as the first day that I got them. And at this point, Caraway is so much bigger than just their pans. They really have collections for every different kind of cook out there. They've got bakeware. They've got food storage. They have knives. They have a cute little tea kettle. They have all kinds of different things to fit all of your kitchen needs. I just happen to think they are the best kitchen shop on the planet, and I love that they all come in all these different modern shades to fit any sort of design aesthetic that you have for your kitchen. So you can make them look beautiful in your home. You can ditch the chemicals, and all sets come equipped with complimentary easy access storage solutions to keep your kitchen tidy and nice. They've really thought of everything. So visit carawayhome.com slash livewell to take advantage of my limited time offer for 10% off your next purchase. This deal is exclusive for my listeners. So visit carawayhome.com slash livewell or use the code livewell at checkout. Caraway, non-toxic cookware made modern. Yeah, that's amazing. And I think it's so many times something like we're constantly being bombarded with what you do. But we don't like think about the people who are behind it and how they make that happen and how they help us to change our minds about things. And, you know, you you talk a lot about your upbringing in the book and how you got to this place of just kind of like kind of having a breakdown, like you didn't know what to do. And I think even if it doesn't get to the point where you're crying on your old bedroom floor that you grew up in, like, I think we all kind of hit that place where we're like, I don't even know what I'm doing with my life at this point. I know I'm hitting that right now. I'm like, I'm about to turn 40 and we're like, I still feel like we're floundering. Like what, what am I even doing here? And so for me, this book feels very personally like perfect timing for, for what I'm trying to figure out in my life. But I think a lot of us get to this place where we're like, I just, I don't even know what I've been doing or what I even want out of life. And, and that's what spurred you coming to this whole idea of using your professional life of creating a brief for your advertising clients to then doing it for your life, which is pretty brilliant to intermesh the two. Do you want to talk about that? My original life brief came about in a moment of despair. Yeah. And I talk about that a lot. I talk about it deeply in the book. It was a crisis in yeah. my own life. And here's what I've learned, just so you know, is that we always have these crossroads. That That, that is yeah. part of the human experience. So we don't have to feel alone in it. We don't have to feel like it's just us or there's something wrong with us. Every so often in our lives, we will come to those crossroads because circumstances change, we evolve, we grow, and we have to keep asking ourselves, 
is this what I want? Mm-hmm. Where, what direction do I want to take now? And I want everyone to understand that that agitation, that tension, that friction is a part of life. So we don't have to deny it or wish it away. In fact, the book invites you to lean into it yeah. with curiosity allow yourself to steep into it. And I love that you have teenagers. I have three teenagers. I have four kids, but three of them are teenagers. And I just yesterday, we went on a hike and I said, Hey, you guys, where are you most uncomfortable? Mm -hmm. Don't run away from that. Lean into it, harness it, use it as fuel because in creativity, that's what yields the good stuff. When you lean into the agitation, when you debate about an idea, you propel it forward. It's the same with our lives. Backing up to 2010, I was in that moment of despair. I had three kids under the age of five. I now have four, but it was rough. My husband, I felt, wasn't equipped for this. So I was carrying the load of, uh, you know, of all the responsibilities. I was the primary breadwinner. I was the 24-hour restaurant. I was uh, the play day planner. I was doing all the roles. And I felt it was an unfair share of it. And I was frustrated. And in my head, he was the problem. And Mm -hmm. that was my view of it. And now, you know, we have conversations. And he's like, that's not how I experienced it. And I can see that now. But that was very much what I was steeped in and entrenched by. And then when I hit my lowest moment, I did what I do as a strategist. I wrote things down. I started to bring the mess up from inside me out out onto the page. Mm -hmm. Because as strategists, we are looking at messy situations all the time that companies are facing. You know, there's a high pressure, high stakes categories that they're in. There's a lot of pressure to deliver on growth and uh, Mm -hmm. numbers and sales and performance. But what we do is we do research and we capture all the data, all the interviews, all the insights. And then we look at the map of the mess and we find our way through it. We connect all the dots. We see what is really going on in between the spaces of the data. And so I kind of vomited out my mess with the driving question, what do I want as I look forward, not what does my husband Mm -hmm. expect, my children need, my parents want for me, but what do I want if I gave myself the total, utter, naked honesty and freedom to let it out? And I wrote, I don't even know how long that night, but I vomited it all out. And then when I stopped, looked at the pages, reread what had come out, I realized that the story in my head did not match the story in my notebook. What had come out onto the page was not that I had a problem with my relationship with my husband, but my problem was my relationship with time and how I was spending it, that I had spread it thin. I was saying yes to all the things that didn't matter. Mm -hmm. And that was taking up my energy for all the things that didn't matter, including our marriage, including the kind of presence I want to have with my children. I didn't have to be doing as much as I was doing. 
And that became the turning point, the pivot, where now I could throw my attention on my relationship with time. And that's that first brief that came out of me after that aha realization. And I named that brief, Take Our Time. And what that meant was slow down, take our time. It also meant take back our time from all the things that are distractions and drama. And it's our time, the shared time where we come together. Yeah. Well, I, I loved, I mean, hearing about the whole process that you went through it, but then also like how important you say the writing part of it is. You talk about doing a brain dump, you talk about letting your pen lead. And this is something we've been talking about in my community lately. You know, it's the beginning of the year. A lot of people are starting new habits. And something we've been talking about is like journaling or just writing things down, keeping track of things. And just, you know, we're what a we can have two weeks in, I guess, into the new year. And everyone's already going like, but I don't really know why I'm writing things down or what it's for. And as I've been more consistent with it over the past, I don't know, couple of months, I feel like I've been noticing, well, when I actually write things down, like you said, what's on the paper is often different than what's actually in my head. And I start to be able to notice trends and patterns. And I think that's something that you talk about throughout your book too. Like when you actually have like the written down physical evidence to be going back to, you can actually point things out and see where things are coming up again and again and again, where when they're just kind of swimming around in your head, it's a lot harder to identify those things. And so I would love for you to talk just for a minute about the importance of that, like actually writing it down, writing it down in your hand, like what that can do for us. So what you're talking about, the brain dumping, the prompts in the first part of the book, because the book is broken up into three parts, get messy, get clear, get active. Mm -hmm. And we live in a culture that has a bias for action. Just, Just do it. Just do it. And that causes a lot of U-turns if you aren't clear about why you're acting or where that action is taking you. So we skip over the getting messy and getting messy doesn't have to be hard. Maybe it's scary. I meet yeah. a lot of people who are like, oh, that scares me. What might come out? But you can do it in small increments of time. So the brain dump is just a daily writing exercise, five or 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. So it's inexcusable. But when we do that, so I have a poet writing teacher, Roger Houston, who says, writing rearranges the furniture of our minds. So just like the story I told about that moment of despair in my marriage, the story that was looping in the theater of my mind was my husband's the problem. I married the wrong person. I How do I deal with this or get out of it? But the writing vomited out words started to show me a different direction, a different problem, and it shifted my attention immediately. So writing, just getting it out, collect, it's a practice of permission. So it's not about the writing itself anyways. It's about allowing yourself and whatever is stirring inside you to come out without judgment, withholding, editing, yeah, that in, in itself is cathartic. Yeah. 
Yeah. Then when you have it in writing, you can create some distance between your fears, your anxiety, your thoughts, and you can look at it with more perspective and distance. And that's when you can see, oh, here's something yeah. else that's going on. I didn't even know that. I just met a woman who said, I tell everyone, I don't know what I want. I've been saying it for a very long time and I'm convinced of it. Then when I did the brain dump for just a week or two, I don't, I don't remember exactly the time frame. She said, I realize I absolutely know what the heck I want. Yeah. It was clear. They are written in all sorts of different ways and sentences and words, but it was so clear I know what I want. But it's not the story I've been telling myself or everyone around me. Yeah, we get stuck in those things that we've been rehearsing, we've been saying. And you, I mean, you talk a lot throughout the book of doing that reframing, seeing them through a different perspective. And I mean, I have so many questions bopping around my head right now. I'm like, oh, I want to hit this point and that point. I want to say that something it seems like you keep coming back to in the book too is you're going to do this life brief, but you might not get it all out the first time or things might change. And you're going to do this life brief method over and over and over again. And maybe it's going to be for different aspects of your life, or maybe it's going to be for the same part of your life, but you didn't get all the way deep the first time and then you get deeper because you realize that as you start to put it into action. And I love that kind of circular process. It's not like you're saying like, oh, this is just going to be a one-time fix-all with this book. No, this is a method that you can reliably keep coming back to to get that clarity that we need to be able to have the action to move forward in our lives. It's exactly that. that. Yeah. It's a relationship, right? With yourself. Yeah. And it's a practice. So it gets easier the more you do it. It almost becomes automatic. You'll yeah. know how to drop in. But we're out of practice with dropping in, tuning yeah. into ourselves and our voices. We've collected and adopted a lot of other people's voices along the way. I know when my mother is talking in my head yeah. or <laughs> my best friend, right? or my boss at work, yeah. their voices are deeply lodged. And this is a practice of separating those and tuning in and knowing what your voice sounds like, what your truth is telling you. And it's a practice of being in relationship with yourself yeah. through curiosity. And so, yes, it evolves. Your life briefs evolve with you as you grow. And I have briefs for every part of my life. Yeah. I have a leadership brief. I have a work brief. I have a parenting brief. I have a wealth brief. I have definitely my family and um, self brief. Mm -hmm. So it is the practice of getting clear, getting tuned into you and expressing that in a way that drives you to action, drives yeah. you to decision, helps you navigate the tricky choices or spontaneous surprises that show up in your life. And when you are operating from that center, then, wow, you know, as fast as the world changes, you have your own roadmap and compass for how to navigate those changes. Yeah. 
Ladies, taking care of your health isn't always easy, but it should at least be simple. And that's one of the main reasons why for the last two years, I've been drinking AG1 every day, no exceptions. It's just one scoop mixed in with water once a day, every day, and it makes me feel energized, focused, and so much stronger and ready to take on my day. And that's because each serving of AG1 delivers a daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics, and so much more. It's a powerful healthy habit that's also so powerfully simple. And that's something we've been talking about a lot on the podcast lately. What are these little things that we have control of that we can be doing day in and day out that are going to make a really big cumulative difference over time? And that's the way I feel about AG1. It's this very simple thing that I can do first thing in the morning. So basically the way I do it is I get up, I do my workout, I drink some water, I go downstairs, and as I'm making my coffee, I mix up my AG1 and I just down that first thing because I know that I am starting off my day with all the basis of the nutrition that I need. I love that it has the adaptogens in it that are going to help me to handle the stress that I'm constantly bombarded with. And the way adaptogens work is they become more efficient in your body the more that you take them. So I love knowing that I start off my day just having that basis of everything that I need because it's so hard to get all these different supplements in and figure out different times of the day to make them all work and it gets so expensive. But with AG1, it just simplifies that entire process. It just boils it all down to this one supplement that I can just mix in with water and take so quickly and then have that assurance that I have what I need, that I am helping my gut to work well and I'm helping my mind to be more clear and I am doing so many other things that AG1 provides with all that's packed in it. If there's one product I had to recommend to elevate your health, and I have because you've heard me talk about it just in the normal course of the podcast too, It's AG1, and that's why I've been partnered with them for so long. So if you want to take ownership of your health, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash livewell. That's drinkag1.com slash livewell. Check it out. Well, and I I love what you said about the voices because there are so many voices and you really talk about cutting through like this isn't what you should want or what somebody else wants for you, but also that it can be really hard to figure that out. And you talk about asking your fans for their perspective on certain things about you. And I really loved how you hone that down because it can be really easy for us to go to other people and end up having their voice speaking louder than ours. And you really made it specific that when you say fans, it's not like just everyone who follows you on Instagram or like, no, these are only people who are like safe people to be asking these questions of. And you have, I think it's like five or six very specific questions that you have them answer about you? Like what lights you up with your, I'm I'm not saying exactly <laughs> your questions. Yours were much better and much more specific than what I'm saying, but like what lights you up with your, in your life and, and what, what do they see those things in you? Not to give their advice, but to help you to cut through that noise of like not really being able to see yourself clearly, which I thought was such a great idea. Yes. Fans are people who are invested in you and your growth and your thriving. Yeah. So it is important that we're not asking for advice or opinions. Yeah. 
everyone has them. We're in a yeah. pundit world, right? Our culture loves pundits. We're going to see a lot of them on television, yeah. you know, as we move into the selection cycle. This is about how they see and experience you when you are at your peak. Mm-hmm. And they can break down, they're, they're another perspective on what they see energizes you, yeah. what they see draining you, and what role do they see you playing in other people's lives, in their life that doesn't have a job title to it, but it's really getting to the depths of how you show up naturally, organically, and what power that has to affect the people around you. And those are really great insights that that people who are close to us, who have experienced us in deep and meaningful ways can reflect back to us without attachment that we have to do that, that we have yeah. to adhere to those, right, images. Yeah. I think that's so helpful though, because so much of the time we can just – be doing the living and being in our own heads and not even being able to recognize those things about ourselves. And so when you have those very specific questions that you laid out, I think you're pretty like in the book, like don't veer from these, <laughs> just just do this, just ask them this. But then even having them pay attention to how you respond to their answers and like all those kinds of things. I think it's so clarifying. I've asked similar questions of like my best friends in the past but I was like okay no I need I need to I need to do these specific questions because it is so helpful sometimes we'll be like I don't even know what I'm good at I don't even know why I'm here or why anybody's listening to me or what am I doing and to have them be like well no we see this in you it can be so empowering because we do listen to so many of the critics so much of the time that getting a little bit of that outside perspective can be really helpful it's illuminating, it's yeah. validating, and you said the word, it's empowering. Yeah. It, it's great for someone to say what you already know intuitively, but you weren't sure that other people experienced. Yeah. And for them to say it, wow, it just takes a load off your shoulders. At the same time, it's um it's a I you mentioned this too, it's an opportunity to deepen your relationship with these people who yeah. really care and invest in you for you to dialogue and connect at this really meaningful level and you get to give the gift back to them and say yeah. and this is what i see in you and yeah. this is how you have helped me over the years or over time yeah i i love that because you are putting putting yourself in a vulnerable position by like putting these questions out there for somebody to answer about you. But I love what you were saying about like giving it back to them and it being something that is is even going to enhance things more. That's That's a cool way to look at it. And I think that it helps us get past something else that you talk about in the book, which is the limiting beliefs and how fear is often like one of the biggest things that stands in our way. I feel like I have been, everybody listens to the show knows I've been dealing with like this whole imposter syndrome thing for like too long now. <laughs> you are not alone, by the way. Okay. Well, and you alone. talk about it in your book. And I was so appreciative of that because you, you really explained how you got in your own head. Like you were ready to quit, find a different profession. And I was, I so appreciated hearing that from someone who's, you know, obviously very successful and doing very well that even you have that experience 
that yeah. I don't know one single accomplished person out accomplished on the outside who yeah. doesn't have that same doubt. I, it might not be constant and continuous, but believe me, every single person that you think has made it, who looks yeah. like they have it all, they have the same conversations with themselves. Yeah. It's, it's just so easy to let that get in the way of stepping forward. And I mean, I think that you do a good job in the book of talking about needing to reframe things and how we're looking at, you know, silencing those voices in our head and, and looking at them a different way. And you're so good at that because you do marketing and advertising and you can kind of flip the script on things. But do you want to give us just like some little snippets of advice for how to take these negative things or these fears that we are facing and be able to reframe them to think about them differently? Well, I'm always going to invite writing. So everyone can just guess that because when we write, it's not only an exploratory act, it's an act of commitment. We have to choose words and we have to be really thoughtful about what we're going to put down on paper. Now, this is deeper into the practice. So as we start to get clear at the beginning with the brain dump and some of these exercises in getting messy, it's exploration, exploration, discovery, just vomiting it out and allowing that to be. But as you start to get up close and personal with what's limiting you, the things that are keeping you stuck or holding you back, the act of reframing, which just as a definition, it's starting to see familiar things in new ways. Mm -hmm. So how do we think about seeing something that we've had for a very long time, a thought, a belief, a story, and how do we pivot it and give it a whole new light, a new way of seeing it, a whole new perspective? And in the book, I invite you to actually write it down. So one thing happens immediately. When you name the story that limits you, I know for me, I have a fear around money. And I go into that in the book. I won't unpack it here, but I still have it. It's a pattern in my life and it's not going to break that easily. But when I can write down what is the current expression of my fear around scarcity, of money and I have it in front of me, now I'm going to force myself to rewrite that belief and turn it into a positive. And we're not talking about toxic positivity. We're just saying, hey, how can you stretch this and break this idea that I have about money? So money is greedy. To want money is to be greedy. How would I rewrite that sentence about money? Well, money is the means to freedom and independence. Money is blank, 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 right? Mm -hmm. So now I'm going to practice, even if my mind isn't convinced of it, I'm going to try on new ways to have a relationship with money. What else could it be that it that isn't so limiting. And then once you generate those things, your mind and heart automatically expand because you're now trying on new ways of looking at that. 
And then you get to carry these over into your brief, which becomes a declaration of now I am ready to see money and to have this kind of relationship with money. And I choose to for that to be so. Yeah. And that's the process, right? And it, it is these tiny steps along the way where we break with patterns that are unhealthy for us yeah. and stories that hold us back. Well, and I like that you talk about those declaration words in your book of like putting them into actual like action kinds of, you know, it. it I mean, you, you mentioned it so many times in the book, everyone who needs to go out and read it is going to see, but you talk about, you just get more and more clear, more and more clarifying, cutting out all of the noise to just get, you know, completely drilled down. And that declaration part is a huge part of that. Do you want to hit on like how people, I mean, it's, this is such a broad question. You really just need to read the book, but like that you get to that point where if you're not a strategist, you can cut out all those superfluous pieces to get to the the very nailed down, you know, idea of what you're trying to do. Yeah. The bridge from messy to clear. Yeah. It's a long right? Yeah. <laughs> starts with, and this is where visuals, we, we're on a podcast, so we're not, but I, I yeah. if, if we were to look at a funnel right? Mm -hmm. We're funneling down. So you spread the mess, get it all out. That's get messy. Then you start to sort and separate your mess Mm -hmm. into buckets. One bucket is what is must have. That's the most meaningful stuff, the sacred, the non-negotiable. That's the bucket where there is importance and urgency, You just feel it. Oh my gosh, I can't imagine this relationship without these ingredients. Then on the opposite end is the bucket of meaningless. Mm -hmm. Oh, mm, yeah, that's just a situational, circumstantial. That's a distraction. That's a drama of the moment. Mm -hmm. That all goes over there. And then there's the neutral bucket. It just is. You know, I have to show up and do these things in this relationship it's, it's just part of uh, what needs to happen. I don't have a strong feeling about it one way or another. And then once you have those buckets, now you can focus in on the sacred and non-negotiable. And that's the clay for getting declarative. And now you start playing with the ideas in that bucket mm-hmm. and you outline and you start writing just loosely at first, just to get the meaning because you've distilled and cut out all the crap. Now you're just working with the juicy stuff Yeah, and you just lay it out, lay out. What do I want in this part from this bucket? And then you get to play with expression, finding sharper, bolder words, pushing yourself out onto the edges. That makes you a little bit nervous because you don't see how this could be possible. Yeah. But it excites you. And declarative means you're going to put those triple exclamation marks, even if you don't like using exclamation <laughs> marks. And I meet lots of people who are like, oh, no, don't. I don't write exclamation marks. That's fine. But when you read these statements back to you, you should feel this. Mm, yes. Yes. yes that's what <laughs> right? Yeah. And it does take practice because we are conditioned to play it safe, to protect ourselves from disappointment. Mm -hmm. And so we all have gates or 
levers to help us not go to that excited declarative space because what if it doesn't happen? And the courage, I call this a courageous practice because the courage is allowing yourself to declare to yourself and only yourself that yes, this matters to you. This is what you want, even if you never get it. That is a courageous act. Yeah. And that is the ultimate way to be in relationship with ourselves, to be nakedly honest with what we need, what we desire, what matters to us, and release that tension. Because part three is once we are clear, we automatically shift our attention. And when we shift our attention, our actions follow. So I say action is a byproduct of clarity and that declarative clarity. Yeah. Okay, ladies, if you follow me on social media, then you know that my style, what I like to wear for my clothing is pretty classic. I like pieces that will take me from year to year to year, things that will work in a lot of different scenarios and with a lot of different mixing and matching. And that is one of the reasons that I absolutely love Franny Goldie. Oh my goodness. I love this brand so much. I love Franny herself. If you remember, I had her on the podcast and she is just such a joy and I loved her in entire backstory of creating this brand that was just going to really work for women and give them beautiful pieces that were high quality and that could work in so many different ways. It all started off for Franny with the magic pant. She wanted to create the most beautiful, well-fitting pants out there on the market that were also incredibly comfortable, and that's exactly what she did. I have a pair of these pants. I absolutely love them. I love how versatile they are, how many different situations I can wear them in, and honestly, they're what I want to throw on all the time because they're just so cozy and comfortable. It's almost a crime how comfortable they are with also how good they look. I feel like I'm doing something wrong, but I'm not because they were made to be beautiful but also incredibly comfortable. I also have their stretch denim jacket, which was my favorite thing to wear this fall and will be my favorite thing to wear again this spring. It was just so well tailored to be so flattering on the female body. It's not bulky. It's got that nice amount of stretch to it. It just looks so good and it's kind of like that extra little thing that you can take an outfit to a real outfit. You know what I mean? It's like not just something you threw on, but it looks like it's all pulled together. I love that about the denim jacket. And everything that they create at Franny Goldie is that way. They hone in all of their pieces to be the absolute best that they can be. They constantly create iterations of things to make sure they are the best pieces that are going to be the most flattering and the most versatile. And I love that Franny Goldie is dedicated to helping you build a wardrobe that you love. Their customer service team is available five days a week to help you find your perfect fit. And they regularly share easy styling tips and inspiration to keep your closet feeling fresh. So you can use these same pieces that you're getting from them in a lot of different ways and feel really confident in your style. They're a sustainable brand, they're woman-run, and their quality is so top-notch. These are going to be pieces that last you for years to come. Franny Goldie is providing an exclusive offer to Live Well Anyway listeners by offering 20% off your first order of $75 or more. So go to frannygoldie.com podcast and use the code LIVEWELL for 20% off now. That's F-R-A-N-N-E-G-O-L-D-E 
dot com slash podcast for 20% off your first order of $75 or more with code LIVEWELL. So go enjoy some new pieces for your wardrobe from Franny Goldie and be sure to tell them that I sent you. Oh, I love that. Like, even if we never get it, (laughs) because it allows you to shoot for the moon. It allows you to say, no, if I'm fully honest, not what I think is possible within the limits of, you know, what I'm looking at around me, but what I really, really want, it gives you that extra permission to like take that full step, which can be scary because you you risk disappointment, you risk not getting there, but it allows you to be fully honest if that's that's what you're saying, you know, without no holds barred. And so I I love that. But it starts there. Yeah. And and then what I found in part three is that life will surprise you. Yeah. And now you start to dance with life and coming up with a life brief that is clear, declarative, yet open, flexible. That's where the fun begins. Yeah. Because people start showing up. Invitations start showing up. Doorways start showing up that you couldn't imagine if you had planned for it. So this is really different than plans where everything must go according to plan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is different. This is a declaration and admittance, uh, a free and expressive, concrete sense of, yes, this is what I want, but I'm going to flex with how it happens or what shows up. Yeah. And that's why we have to grow and evolve with it. So in a world that is moving really fast, changing in ways that we never anticipated, and it's going to come faster and with technology and AI and sadly wars and politics, there's too much that too much for us to predict. And this allows us to navigate all of those curveballs from a place of connected deep connective tissue to our own voices. Yeah. Yeah. Which so much of the time we, we don't even know what those voices are. And that's why you do this process to figure that out. And I like how you even talk about like finding 10 minute little things. This is way later in the book that you can be doing, but you, you mentioned one of those things is like read over your life brief. Like you need to not just do it and then set it aside. Like you need to keep encountering this because it is easy for us to forget what we've written down or, or not keep centered on those things. But by continuously going back, refreshing ourselves on it, remembering what we're trying to do, I think that is another key part that we can't forget in this process. And the aim isn't to memorize it, right? It's to use it as a stimulant and a springboard. So when I read mine in the morning and I don't do it every morning, but when I feel this anxiety or confusion, or I, I have so many feelings in the morning, but when I read it, it centers me. Yeah. Yes. And then I look at my schedule and there's a lot of housekeeping on my schedule because I sure. have four kids and a big job and things to do. So it's not like I stop buying groceries or doing the laundry or getting people out on their schedules, but it reminds me in those slivers of free choice, where to aim my attention yeah, and how to tune into the goosebumps, what excites yeah. me. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And we could keep talking about it all day, but obviously it is pub day for you. So you have a lot going on. So I want to 
take us into this off ramp for the show. And I would love to hear what a typical day looks like for you. It is different every single yeah. day because um, sometimes I have a lot of interviews when I'm doing my agency work. I'm either off on a flight somewhere to meet clients or I'm doing performance reviews. I am uh, holding department meetings. It, it, it's just a wonderful, ever-changing smorgasbord of things. And then, of course, if my kids have big things going on in their lives, that gets thrown in the mix. It, it's like a blender. Yeah. That's, it's a smorgasbord put in a blender <laughs> yes. every morning. I totally understand that. Okay. So in that smorgasbord in the blender, what is one little thing that you do to live well anyway? Just something in all that chaos to take care of you. Two things. One is water. I need warm water. So whether it's, if I can, if I can have a bath, that that's amazing. All of everything surfaces rises to the top of my brain when I'm in warm water. If I can't do a bath, it's a shower. Mm -hmm. And if I can't do either, it's a walk. Okay. And if it's a walk with my husband, super grounding. Nice. That's a pandemic ritual yeah, yeah. that came up. And it is the most anchoring thing. I love that. Okay. Are you ready for my stock questions? Yes. Okay. Let's do it. Candles or essential oil diffuser? Wait, what was the first one? Candles. Oh, diffuser. Okay. Cloth napkins or paper? Cloth. Okay. City or country? Ooh, that one's hard. <laughs> oh, uh, country. Okay. Paper or digital? Paper. All right. Shopping, would you rather do it online or in the store? None. Okay. No shop. Okay. <laughs> no more shopping. <laughs> Amen. Uh, yeah. I don't want to. No. Okay. It's whatever time you're making dinner and you need a mental break. Do you listen to a podcast or music? Music. All right. And what would be the music you would choose? Oh, that's very eclectic. Um, Cesaria Evera is my go-to. Uh, she's gone now. She's passed. But I discovered her in my 20s. And it takes me home to mm. L.A. My grandmother's avocado trees – Oh. The cobbled brick patio um, and just warmth streaming into the French doors. Oh, I love that. Okay, now I feel like so silly. The next questions like that was so great and deep. I don't know if I've ever had anybody respond that beautifully before. Okay, chocolate, milk or dark? Dark. Okay, sports or no sports? Oof, oof. Uh, no sports most of the time, except okay. football. All right. Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Live broadcasting. Would you rather broadcast or watch? What does that mean? Like would doing I rather... stories or creating reels. Would you rather, rather watch other people's or make them yourself? Watch. Okay. What is your favorite movie? Whoa. I know. Whoa. How do I choose? <laughs> I know. Oh it's God. a hard one. Okay. This is an old one. It's just the first thing that came to my head. Dog Day Afternoon. It's okay. a really old one. So I'm going to put it out there and see if okay. anyone wants to find it. And yeah. It. Yeah. 
All right. And final question. If you were to put yourself on the crunchiness spectrum where zero is totally not crunchy and 10 is like singing Kumbaya by the fire with your legs unshaven and dreadlocks in your hair, where are you on the spectrum? Oh, I'm super crunchy. Okay. I live in California. I'm yes. super crunchy. I'm I the crunchiest it. Asian you could find probably. Okay. That's great. All right. Well, Bonnie, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was such a joy to get to talk to you. No, this was the epitome of joy, Mackenzie. Because you, I think for any any creator who has created something to put out into the world, to have someone consume it in with such enthusiasm and oh, nuance. Thank, thank you, you so much. It was a joy all the way around. I think everyone needs your book. It's going to reframe a lot of people's lives. So thank you. Bless you. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. All right, that is it for this week's episode. Bonnie was just such a pure joy to get to interview. I had so many more questions that I wanted to dive into with her, and I truly hope that our paths get to cross again at some point because she's just so smart, and she's really got this whole method figured out, and I love seeing how it's played out in her life and other people's lives through her amazing book. If you haven't grabbed the book yet, you're going to want to make sure to head over to mackenziecoppacom slash Amazon and get the life brief. You can also find the link in today's show notes, which you can find by just swiping up in whatever app you are listening to the podcast on or heading over to mackenziecoppacom slash podcast. All right, ladies, thank you so much for joining me for another week of Live Well Anyway. I so appreciate every time that you listen and that you share the podcast with your friends. You can just, you know, go into your podcasting app and that little box with an arrow, click on that and send it to somebody. Send somebody their favorite episode. This would be a great one. It's always great to be getting new listeners to the show and helping to expand our reach so things can keep moving forward. And you guys are the best marketing team that I have. So thank you to all of you who do that. Until next week, though, ladies, go be bold and gracious.